everybody. Welcome back to the Sports Valley Hour podcast. This is uh, Ethan Shap. And Evan Sillick. And today we're doing week five reactions. Uh, first game we're starting off with is the Thursday night game. Uh, Bucks and Bears, Brady versus Zing Foles rematch. Uh, the Bears won this game 20-19. Uh, Brady forgot the down on the game-winning drive. Thought it was fourth down. Or thought it was third down when it was really fourth down. So he won in the fifth down. Um... The Bucks' offense was a complete mess. Uh, they had 11 penalties for 109 yards, which is absolutely ridiculous. They had, like, I don't know, at one point, like, uh, Ronald Jones busted off, like, a 37-yard rush. And then they get across midfield, and then yeah. they just slowly backed themselves up. So, it, like, the Bears' defense is obviously great, but they just, like, did it to themselves. So, uh, Brady's, like, cussing out of his linemen and just obviously furious. The team just kind of fell apart. Yeah, you can't be playing this bad, uh against honestly any any team they lost is one of the bears which was definitely winnable for them and next week if they play like this against the packers rogers will embarrass them on a national stage so they have to get that fixed uh i think brady uh is struggling with his new move to uh the bucks in a way that in a sense that like belichick has had his team total has uh three penalties for 17 yards yeah on the year and they just had 109 just discipline yeah so um, like Bruce Arians, he's known as like a carefree coach, fun to play with. But like when you have a hundred yards on your offense and penalties, it's kind of hard to win games. And then on the Bears side, uh, Nick Foles missed uh, their like rookie Miller, I believe his name is, uh, like at least three or four times uh, on deep balls. Yeah, Anthony Miller, which was just hard to watch. Uh, it was just like it was like he he had like a deep post cut route to the corner. Like three times, and Miller and and uh, what's it called? And Foles just missed him, underthrew him, or overthrew him. Um, and the big big player on the on the Bears to me was obviously Mack. He had two sacks, and he could have had three sacks, but he slammed down Brady and got it called back. So that kind of sucks because I would be totally fine if he won another uh, defensive player of the year. And sacks go a long way, so he kind of had a mental error there and just took one away from himself because he literally made the play, and then he got. Uh, called for roughing the passer by slamming down the ground. I mean, honestly, though, he, he did lose himself a sack, but he definitely got in the head of Brady. Brady. Yeah, no, for sure. And then Brady started blaming his lineman, and then his lineman, it just, it was just a complete yeah, breakdown. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, if either teams would have won, I wouldn't have given it to their their quarterback yeah. as leading them there. Nick Foles won the game, but I don't think he's the reason they won. No. I think he had probably one of the worst games. Yep. I've they played seen. terrible, but yeah. they won. So, yeah, I mean that's there was another, all, it's all, there was, that is all that matters. There but. was another play here where uh, Mike Evans had five receptions, forty-one yards, one touchdown. But uh, there was a play that was like a deep throw. Brady actually put a nice ball in the air, and uh, Evans like broke right, then broke left, and he looked like just he was trying to find it. it, and he like looked like he lost it, which just normally doesn't happen. Especially Brady and uh, Evans have already established a great connection. I think they have like yeah. five or six touchdowns within like the ten-yard line. But uh, that was just interesting. Mike Evans normally makes those plays. And then a low-scoring game like this, they lost 19-20. Maybe that play makes a little bit of difference. But all in all, um, I think the Bucks definitely going to win this game. They kind of just beat themselves. I, I want to highlight um, I want to highlight Ronald Jones. I mean, he just continues to play. Yep. Like a, it, it honestly, it's like watching a seasoned veteran. Yeah, no. Fournette's injured, and... He's really just trying to show that this is like this should still be his job, and he's been playing great so far. And he dropped a hundred plus yards on the seventeen uh, attempts. That's yeah. just that's I think that's all you can ask from him. Yep. 
So the Bears won this Thursday night game, 2019, and now Nick Foles has beat Tom Brady in their in the last two matchups. Uh, next thing I'm going to talk about is the Texans and the Jaguars. And now they're both tied for last in the AFC South with a wonderful record. Texas win this game 30-14. Uh, to 14. Uh, with uh, Bill O'Brien finally being fired for his terrible uh, GM and head coach decisions, it looked like the Texans like kind of just were relieved. And then Brandon Cook decided to go out and have himself a game with eight receptions for 161 yards and one touchdown. I don't think I've ever seen a team play this well when they lose their GM and their head coach. Yeah, which it is the same guy, Bill O'Brien. I just yeah, feel I like, just, as yeah. a whole. I know we were talking about this. I was just saying, like, you were surprised that the Texans won. You were surprised that I picked them. Um, I pretty much just picked them just because I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. And I just was like, I just don't see him losing to the Jaguars. Um, it almost seemed like the team just played with, like, excitement. Like, they were just like, maybe <laughs> there's a chance that, like, I don't really know how bad of a coach he was. I know J.J. Watt and him had a conversation and J.J. Watt's, like, beloved in the locker room and on the team and just, like, the whole city of Houston. So maybe, like, the team just, we're, we're all relieved. Like, if this man was, like, actually such a tyrant that he's, that he's just, just the, just the fact that he's gone just, like, got rid of all the crap that's been going on for them this season that they just were able to go out there and actually, like, enjoy the game and play. But it also helps when you're playing the Jaguars defense, so. Yeah. Next game? Yep. All right. Next game is uh, Ravens-Bengals. Uh, Ravens won this game 27-3. to um, I thought the Ravens defense played fantastic. Um, uh, Marlon Humphrey, once again, had another punch-out forced fumble, which Patrick Green uh, picked up and recovered for a touchdown. So on the day, Patrick Green was actually the uh, AFC Defensive Player of the Week. He had two recovered fumbles, one forced fumble, one sack, one touchdown, and just played absolutely amazing. There's got to be a point where it's literally just assaulting the ball yeah. with Marlon Humphrey. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is absurd. No, Marlon Humphrey is uh, definitely my favorite player on our defense. He and may arguably have the best punch out in the league. Yeah, no, the man, he's literally, he makes the play like, I mean, it's almost been like every yeah, other week he was now. wrapping <laughs> him with one arm, spinning him around. And then punching and him out. And was able to punch the ball out. Just... <laughs> He's just a huge playmaker, and he's actually like he's also great in coverage as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but just the plays that this man makes, I and he makes teams punish. He punishes teams for targeting him because yeah, he's the most is. targeted corner yeah. in the league. So he makes sure he punishes the wide receiver, or he draws an inc- incompletion, or and, he's gonna or punch a it out and make you fumble. Like it's just if you're going to target a man, do not target Marlon Humphrey. Yeah. I don't know why he's the most targeted corner in the league. Yeah. Um. What's it called? Uh, Marcus Peters had an interception in this game as well. Uh, Bro just kind of threw it up for grabs. Um, I still think Bro's like playing great on the season. Uh, it's really hard for a rookie quarterback to do anything when you're sacked seven times and hit fifteen times. I mean, John Harbaugh just feast on new quarterbacks. Yeah, well, I, and for the for the Bengals' sake though, when you're letting your number one overall pick Joe Burrow, who's actually played pretty well, way better than I expected him to play on this roster through five weeks. I mean, he had me picking the, the Bengals to win in two games yeah. against the Eagles and the Jaguars, which you could ask me how many times I've picked the Bengals. I probably would have told you zero, but uh, one he tied and one he won, so good for him. But uh, if you have him getting hit, he's on pace right now to get hit, uh, sacked 70 times this year. That's a Andrew Luck got awful. sacked That's on average high. 45. So if they're not careful, they're going to have an Andrew Luck problem in their hands in like five years where the number one overall player is just walking away from the game because this man's going to die on the field. So I just... They really need to be careful with him, and I mean, there's not much you can do this year. You just hope he doesn't get hurt, but they need to, like, you can look at the difference between the Browns this year when Baker didn't have any tackles, and this year, or last year he didn't. This year he does. The Browns are 4-1. Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, the Bengals need to get an O line. A would make Mixon just that much better, and they need to make sure Burrow isn't out here going to be done. With the skill level of the de- defensive ends, especially in their league, if they don't go and get tackles, it's going to be a de- it's going to be an uphill uphill battle every single game they play. Yeah. Next thing we're talking about is the Panthers and the Falcons. Um, Teddy keeps showing that he's here to win. Um, once again, without CMC. Uh, Mike Davis steps up, and he's just getting everyone involved. He's getting DJ Moore, Bobby, uh, Robbie Anderson, and um, even against this high-scoring Falcons offense, Matt Ryan actually kind of had a rough game yeah. without Julio. Um, Ridley got back on track, but uh, this high-scoring Falcons offense, because their defense is terrible, only put up 16 points, which isn't going to be enough. And Teddy Bridgewater sitting at 3-2, and two, like tied with the Saints for the division. Saints have the tiebreaker, but did not think this team was going to be 3-2 sitting at the five-week mark. Yeah, um, they just, they've been blowing my mind, and I, it's not, it's a happy surprise, it's, I'm not mad that they're 3-2, and two, but I don't know if they can keep it up, I think they're running on just straight pride and just being, like, confidence. I'm with, excited to see what CMC can add, because if Teddy Bridgewater keeps playing with this, and then you're going to give him one of the best yeah. rushing and receiving backs in the league, even though Mike Davis is playing great, McCaffrey's just like one of the best running backs in everything if they can keep their offense rolling and if the defense can hold the falcons to 16 points i mean you wouldn't have a real team here i'll be excited when they play like the saints who've looked shaky and the bucks who at sometimes like this week have looked like they can't get out of their own way i mean who knows the panthers could take advantage of this of that this year and then i also want to highlight i think they're coaching just the job of all the coaches in yeah, this Matt team. Rule. His, Matt Rule and, his, and all of the coaching staff on it, like their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, have literally been playing out of their minds. Yep. They, they're calling the right plays at the right times, and they're beating teams that most people would have them as the underdog in. Yep. Uh, and then they also held this Falcons, like as you said, high-scoring offense, high power, high caliber. They, they pride them, their pride and joy is their offense. Yep. To, st- to hold them to 16 is a feat in and of itself. Yeah. So I'm. Um, I think the Panthers are going to be a viable team to come. I'm pretty sure Todd Gurley had a really good game this this game too. I popped off for like a hundred and like I think fifty yards with a touchdown. So I know you're happy to see that. About time. Uh, next game is uh, Raiders Chiefs. It's probably the biggest upset of the week. Yeah. Uh. So Chiefs offense struggled last year uh, last week to the Patriots, and now this week again came out struggling against the Raiders. Uh. Mahomes kept his streak, though. He only lost by eight points, so he still has never lost a game by more than one possession. This was his biggest loss, though. His previous was seven. Now it's eight, but it's still one possession game. Uh, it's interesting to see them struggling twice, um, just how much high-powered offense they have. But then again, like when they went down 15 late, Mahomes just turned around and scored a touchdown, and then he tried to stretch down the field through another pick. Um, but yeah, no, Derek Carr's playing great this year. Um he, he got his win, and he's moving his team to 3-2, and two, uh, heading into their bye week. So they have to be pretty they have to be pretty happy with that performance that he had. Uh, not that anybody thought this, but the Raiders team is no joke. This is this was their statement to the world that you're not going to be able to walk over us. Henry Ruggs finally had his big breakout game. He was not able high. to stretch the field, had a big touchdown, and he also had a big, giant deep pass where he, like, lost the guy who caught it off his helmet. So uh, I know Ruggs has been questionable, kind of injury-prone the first few weeks. And I remember talking earlier when he was questionable. One game he played, he played hurt. It was huge when he played hurt because he's, he has his speed to stretch out the field just as a decoy. Yeah. Like, take his corner, take his safety out. This time he wasn't hurt, and he was mossing people down the field or yeah, galloping mean. for a touchdown. So I know John Gruden and um, – oh, the GM, I'm blanking on his name right now. 
but they've they've literally preached that all they want to do is draft speed. Like by the Renfro kid, by the Colin Farrell, they were driving a ton of Clemson guys. Rugs, they took him first overall in the draft, first wide receiver taken from Alabama because he has so much speed. And they really, they really kind of use the Chiefs' game plan against them, yeah. which is what you have to do if you're gonna be able to compete in this division with the Chiefs. It's just, I don't know. Watching that game, it was kind of I was in shock because the Raiders. I'm not. And no way do I think they found the way to beat Mahomes. But they were able to contain Mahomes mm-hmm. and then stop him when he is the be- when he's at his best, which is that last drive. That he his last drives, two minute drills, he's I think he's probably the best to do it in the league. Mm-hmm. So being able Russell to Wilson. And Russell Wilson too. Yeah. Being able to stop one of the best two in the league is a feat in of itself. And then their the Especially ability with the young secondary. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the ability of the Raiders' offense to drop 40 on a Chiefs defense that held the Ravens to 20, mm-hmm. well, around 20, and then it's just it was absurd. Yeah, watch it. Yeah, the the Raiders scoring 40 points, I mean, especially when like they were talking about it. I'm not even sure if they wanted Derek Carr going into the season. Uh, just really exciting to see. But yeah, no, it was that was a great game. Josh Jacobs also had a good game, he had two touchdowns. Uh, it was just, it was an exciting game to watch. Uh, next game was uh, Cardinals and the Jets, where Joe Flacco made his first start since Denver before he got injured last year. And uh, that's pretty much it. The Cardinals right. just took care of business. DeAndre Hopkins got going. And, yeah. All right. Oh, Jets are the worst team in the league. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah. Uh, Adam Gaze, like, I mean, I guess Sam Darnold's out this week, so you have Joe in. And Le'Veon Bell uh, had a six carries for 60 yards. 10 yards of carry. No, nothing like too special. They really just had nothing going for them. And now they're looking to get rid of Quentin Williams, who was their third overall pick. Yeah, so they've, they've last apparently it's rumored that he's two in the trade block. Ago. Yeah. So, it's pretty... I don't know if they're going to go into just complete and utter rebuild, which we thought we were they were already. Or, I don't know, but I think the first step should just be firing Adam Gase. Yeah, I'd, I'm surprised he still has a job after the, uh, uh, yeah. the Broncos game. So, I don't know anymore you have to lose and get killed by, but apparently he's still there. It was it was very alarming to watch Bill O'Brien get fired before Adam Gaze. Yeah. Oh, and the whole community was going after his head. Dan Quinn also got fired yeah. for the Falcons at some point. I don't, I don't think we covered that, but I'm actually really excited about that. I remember in the beginning in the predictions podcast, I said that was coming because I was, even before they went out and played terrible all season. Um and lost to the lost to the Cowboys week two because they forgot how to field onside kick. But I said that from the beginning that Dan Quinn has been trending down for me. I didn't like him last year. I just uh, I, I don't understand the co- the coaches that have good offenses, and then I they just forget that they don't need like they think that they don't need a defense at all, and I, I, it's just not going to work in this league. You need some kind of de- like you need at least some one playmaker of defense, and, and yeah. if you can't, or someone who knows how to scheme against the defense. But yeah, the Jets are just a mess. And the Cardinals had an easy bounce-back win from losing to the Panthers last week. Uh, Eagles-Steelers. Eagle, uh, Steelers won this game 38-29. to All because of one man. Yes, sir. <laughs> one man named Notre Chase da- Claypool. Notre Dame boy. Yeah, big Notre Dame boy. Uh, four touchdowns, three receiving, one rushing. Uh, seven receptions for 110 yards. Um, honestly, like, two of them were, like, walk-in touchdowns, too. Like, that was like, just wide the open. The Eagles secondary, we already knew it was trash, but... Uh, it's kind of like they forgot this man was on the field. 
And after, like, you think the second receiving touchdown, they'd be like, maybe, okay. like, maybe like 90 yards, like, 90 yards Maybe, maybe up, after really. the first rushing touchdown and the first receiving touchdown, they'd be like, okay, he's like, all right, yeah, let's not let this man beat us every play. No. But he just continued yeah, to just Yeah, they just still work. let him walk all over him. So, it was I definitely, mean, you, I was really hoping the Steelers would get their first L, especially because, like, the, the, like, Carson Wentz didn't even play bad. They, they hung in there. Even with him scoring four touchdowns, they were coming back. They had a chance to win, uh... I know Jake Elliott missed like a 50 yard, 51, 50 yard, 51, 54 yard field goal with like five minutes left to take the lead, and then he missed it, and then the Steelers went down and scored another touchdown. Um, but Eagles actually held in there pretty well against the Steelers, even with that good defense, especially with a struggling offense. Yeah. And their defense is uh, Eagles defense is trash, and they didn't get blown out. So I was actually surprised of how the Eagles kept it close. Um, but the Steelers came out on top, pretty much thanks to Chase Claypool. So. Yeah, I'm giving props to Carson Wentz. Yep. I tend not to like him. It's the him. first week this year he's actually looked decent. Yeah, I tend not to try to give him praise, but all the praise to him. He played really well. Yep. But Chase Claypool played had the best game a rookie wide receiver has ever had, touchdown-wise. Yep, four touchdowns. So that's you, – you can't go – you can't game plan for that. That's just – that's something that happens in the heat of the game, and I hope Chase Claypool has more weeks to come like that. Yep. So, next game we're talking about is Rams-Washington. Rams won this game 30-10. to They actually got their offense back going against a worse defense. So, apparently McVay knew how to draw it up for this team. Uh, Alex Smith made his uh, comeback. He, he completed the comeback. His uh, long two-year journey of trying to get back to the NFL officially happened when he came in for Kyle Allen. But uh, Aaron Donald didn't really seem to care about that when he completely jumped on his back and bear-hugged him. He said, on the sideline, he said, damn, it's like a strong. Yeah, but... No, I actually has something to Smith. He, like, literally, like, stood there and took it. And then, like, like stopped a little bit, then fell over, because Aaron Donald's literally on his back, like, koala-style, like, bear-hugging him. But, uh, Alex Smith, like, didn't look that amazing coming back. Uh, it, was just, it was just happy to see him out there. And, yeah. uh, you want to talk about Kyle Allen, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Kyle Allen went 8 for 9 before going down, and he was just playing out of his mind. But, for me, it was just... I think... He had a great rushing touchdown, and then I think he got a little full of himself. He ran out to the right and just got destroyed by Ramsey. <laughs> it was it was honestly a murder on the field. I was I was calling nine one one from my couch. Yeah, it was it was bad. Jalen <laughs> uh, Ramsey been cracking dudes. Last yeah, he, he's taking <laughs> no, he's taking heads. No no mercy. But I think I like Alex Smith coming back. It was obviously great to see him on the field, and I don't mean to be the guy that says no, but. Kyle Allen, I feel like, is the the sh- clear number one quarterback on this Washington team. Yeah, so we'll see if... I think he was getting looked at for a concussion. So we'll see how his injury goes next week and then see if he'll start next week. Uh, for the. I think they, the Washington football team plays the Giants next week. Yeah, assuming he's healthy, I think he's the number one. Okay. Next thing we're going to talk about is Dolphins 49ers. The Dolphins absolutely dominated, exposed... Embarrassed the 49ers, uh, 43 to 17. Uh, Garoppolo came back from his injury, his like high ankle sprain, and uh, just looked absolutely terrible. Uh, man threw two interceptions, was overthrowing everyone, and actually got benched coming after the second half. And on the other side of the ball, I mean, other than the Dolphins' defense playing at, like fantastic, uh, Fitzmagic came back again, uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 350 yards. So, um, that was just like, it was just a, it was a good game to watch. Dolphins, Dolphins just absolutely dominated, and uh, 49ers are pretty much out of it from the start. So, 
Yeah, I mean, they came out shoot, they came out firing, and then they ended up they ended firing. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a whale of a game. This 49ers team isn't fully healthy. I think their next week will be a testament to whether or not this was just a freak accident or this is going to be the new norm until next their season. D-line is healthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, until next season. Yeah, so. next week they play uh, the Rams. They play the Rams next week, and their following schedule is the hardest schedule in the league. They play the Rams, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Saints, the Rams, the Bills. So... <laughs> They're sitting at two and three bottom of the division right now, so next week against the Rams is probably almost a must win for them. It's Sunday night football. But the Rams are four and one, they're two and three in the own that in that division. And the Seahawks are also five and zero. We haven't got to them yet, but they're five and zero. Um and the 49ers, like you have to hope that Garoppolo just was not a hundred percent because of his ankle. And you have to come hope that he comes back and at least can get something going with Kittle or Ayuk or Debo Samuel. Because their defense isn't in the position to help them out like they're used to. So, um, that's just something to keep your eyes on. But, yeah, the Dolphins is absolutely worth them. Um, and it'll be exciting to see them play next Yeah, week. it was just a, it was a massacre. Props to the the Dolphins for yep. just coming out and beating a team that was supposed to beat them. Yep. Not just, like, just from the very beginning, just absolutely yeah. destroyed them. It was not, it was unrelenting. Yeah. I, I think the Raiders upsetting Chiefs is still a bigger upset because the 49ers, oh, yeah. even though they're favored, they're still crippled. But, yeah. This was definitely the biggest, like, statement. Forty-three to thirteen on the this was defending NFC champs for a team that's supposed to still be kind of in rebuild. Like the Dolphins yeah. are actually playing pretty well. Like I, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but they're playing with better expected. Ryan uh, Fitzpatrick, Ryan Fitzmagic, has only had a bad game, which is against um, Patriots week one, where he threw three interceptions. Other than that, he's been playing absolutely fantastic. So I'm just sitting here, fingers crossed that he doesn't do what he does every season and fall off. Because well, I want to see Tua, so I wouldn't really mind. <laughs> I mean, I get that. But no, if Tua could it, if Tua could have a whole year sitting behind a quarterback that's actually playing well and one that wants to be mentoring him, it'll I feel be, like that's fantastic. It'll be in yeah. the same situation that Mahomes was in. Yeah, with Alex Smith, which is yeah. perfect. And then, we all we all know how Mahomes I I came out. I don't think it's, I don't think Mahomes is like like what he is now just because of it. But it definitely couldn't hurt sitting behind Alex Smith and talking over with Andy Reid for a whole year. Or so um, yeah, very excited to see whenever Tua comes. But for right now, we're still enjoying Fitzmagic for what I think it's like a seventeenth year or something like that, something crazy. Yeah, so. Uh, next game we're talking about is the Giants and the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys won this game thirty-seven to four, or thirty-seven to thirty-four. Do you want to start this one? Uh, um, heartbreak is the one word I would say. I mean, Dak going down is probably the worst thing the Cowboys could have. If the Cowboys could say one person to not get injured, it's Dak. He's had four hundred plus games, like they're pieces of candy this game, this week, this year. Yep, three in a row. And then. He came into this game. He led a comeback. He got them into one drive to get... Not one drive, but he led them to be able to just come back from a deficit put way down. Mm. Um, well, let's, let's, real quick, before we keep going with Dak. Uh, the Giants, through the first four weeks of the season, scored 42 points. And then against the Cowboys in Week 5, they scored 34 points. So it's eight points less than they did the previous four weeks. Because that's how bad... The Giants' offense is, but when they play the Cowboys' defense, they immediately turn into a 34-point scoring team. So it's it just it's just showing how terrible the Cowboys' defense is. But yeah, about that. Yeah, so he was able to lead them to the comeback before going down. Um, it's obviously prayers to Dak. 
But we don't know when he'll return. Probably ne- sometime next year. Oh, well, we can. We Most can probable so is said, next time next year. Yeah, he said it was a compound fracture with his ankle. Ankle went through the skin. Uh, he went right to the hospital. He had surgery that night. Uh, it was reported on Tuesday that surgery went as well as like, as well as possible. And this, they said that if all goes well, he'll be ready to go by uh, like spring training practice. Not spring training, but practice. Start of practice next season. Um, so he should be able to start next season on time. But he's, he's on the franchise tag this year. So depending on what the Cowboys want to do, they can either franchise tag him or he'd be on the open market. So, But I don't think that the Cowboys are going to be hurting too, too much. I think that Andy Dalton is probably the best backup you could ask for. Yeah, Andy Dalton came in on that final drive and drove him down the field for field goal range. And Gallup had two amazing catches oh, Gallup. on the sideline. Uh, Gallup's so. just, I don't know, Gallup goes out for a drive or two and just just takes it all, takes it over. Yeah. But, um, I mean, a testament to the Cow- the Giants putting a fight up yeah. with probably one of the worst defenses in the league. And then one of the worst offenses, one of the worst as, well. offenses as well, and I don't know, man. I uh, the Cowboys are such an explosive offense, and they just started so slow. Yep. So it was kind of weird to see that happen, but overall, I mean, them them boys might win the division, but it's going to be a rough one, yep. and it's going to be bumpy. Yep. So if you're a Cowboys fan, buckle in your seatbelt. Yeah. It's not going to be pretty. Next thing we're going to talk about is the Colts and Browns game. The Browns won this game uh, 32-23. to 23. Uh, In the first half, Baker Mayfield played next to perfect and had an amazing first half. And in the second half, uh, it kind of fell apart. He threw two interceptions. Uh, he did throw two touchdowns as well. But he was kind of just trying to do too much. And I think when the Browns are really clicking is when they're handing the ball off to right now just uh, Hunt because Chubb's out. Hunt and their new guy Johnson that yeah. they pulled up. But uh, what's it called? They especially with their running ball or their running play action, uh, they try to do a little bit too much, and the game got a little closer than I think they wanted to. But uh, Philip Rivers is continuing to fall apart. Uh, he's playing terrible. Uh, he he threw two interceptions. One was a pick six that he literally stared down the flats and then tried to throw it anyway, and he got returned for a pick six. He also got an intentional grounding when he was standing in the end zone for a safety. And when he ran over to the ref. He was yelling at the ref, saying that his receiver was supposed to run an out route, but the receiver didn't. If we take away the points that Phil Rivers costed the team, <laughs> they would have won. Yeah, no, he's just, he's just, he's just. Oh, he's they would have tied on. I apologize. It's so. nine, nine whole points. Well, yeah, on the, on, pick the, on the pick six and on the what's safety and the safety. So it would have been twenty three, twenty three. Not even counting the other interception you threw. Yeah. Uh so uh, it was just really hard. Jonathan Taylor played a pretty good game. Um. T.Y. Hilton still is, like, MIA, just, like, not doing anything this year. But, uh, yeah, it's just Phil Rivers is having a rough go at it, and he's just costing his team close games. I mean, yeah, Phil Rivers continues to throw away games that, in, in all honesty, should be theirs. Yeah. Uh, because, as you said, Baker Mayfield didn't really fall apart, but he definitely slowed down he just tried in the second to, half. He, he, tried, he tried to do too much. Yeah, and, yeah, as you said, they should just – continue to drain clock and just run the ball but the fact that philip rivers off off countless drives was unable to produce and or produce for the other team was just watching it was painful um and then yeah for me 
I think this was a statement saying that the Browns are a legit team and they should be they shouldn't be regarded as you know the Browns of the last twenty years. This is a team that's not that can, that can beat another four and one team, another three and one team. I apologize, but this is yeah, this is a team that can beat winning teams. Oh yeah, so the next thing we're gonna talk about is the Sunday night football game, Vikings Seahawks, where the Vikings had a thirteen uh, nothing lead going into halftime, and Russell Wilson kind of seemed to have like a little bit of an off day. But then, you know, he just turned around and put up uh, 27 points in the second half, 21 in the, uh, in the third, and then a touchdown in the, uh, in the um, fourth quarter to win it. Um, the Vikings just blew it. Uh, they should have a kick to field goal with, like, a minute, like, 13 left to go up by eight. And then that way that Russ has to go down the entire field, score a touchdown, get a two-point conversion, and then go to overtime. Uh, but instead, they decided to go for it with uh, Dalvin Cook out of the game with an injury, with a groin injury, and Madison got stopped on the one-yard line, or one yard short. And then Russ just decided to drive down the field. This team literally went, uh, I think, 0 for 8 on third-down conversions. They didn't get a single third-down conversion. He drove down the entire field only using first and second downs. And on the final on the final first and goal, uh, on first and goal, we threw a potential touchdown pass to Metcalf, who then dropped it. On second and goal, he threw a... Uh, a touch, uh, he threw a pass to Lockett that Lockett would have, he was like diving when he caught it on the one, maybe a touchdown. Uh, in third and goal, Russell Wilson decided to throw it away. And then in fourth and goal, he sat back in the pocket, bought some time, and then threw a strike to Metcalf, like a diving Metcalf in the corner, and yeah. he caught it. Contested ball, like Harrison Smith was all over him too. And Metcalf just used his strength in his body to catch it. So, like once again, Russell Wilson just takes, takes this team drives him down the field to win the game late and just literally does it in a perfect... I mean, like, the fourth and goal was a little worried. Like, like he, he threw two touchdown passes on the first two, then threw one away, and then threw a strike for the touchdown. So, I mean, Russell Wilson is literally, like, cracked. I don't even know how you stop him. But for the Vikings, like, uh, watching this game, um, first off, if Davin Cook doesn't go out in the third when they're just killing clock and driving, I think this game is, ends a lot different, but... He went down the third, and it almost was like just giving life to the Seahawks. Like there's a chance for us to come back, but this this loss for the Vikings, kind of to me was the end of their season because they fall to one and four instead of ending up two and three heading to Atlanta next week. Yeah. If you can beat the Seahawks, go to two and three, and then go to Atlanta, and at week six when you started zero and four, zero uh, and three, you can three be and three and three. I think that's huge for this team. And instead, they didn't kick. Mike Zimmer doesn't kick a field goal and lets Russell Wilson do what he's literally done to everybody: walk down the field and score a touchdown to win the game. So now you're looking at one and four. You're going to Atlanta, and you're still like you could have been clean slated. I like the, the Packers still defeated. I know the Bears are four and one, but like you could have been. I'm saying I'm pretty much giving the win next week against Atlanta. But I mean, like you had a good shot to be three and three and be back yeah. in it. But now you're sitting at one and four, and it just seems like to me that the season just ended this game. I mean. I think it's a little too early to say that, but I definitely agree that it's going to hurt going down. Well, with the, the, the Bears are playing way better than I thought they would, yeah. especially with this quarterback play. I don't I don't see how the Vikings in, in the NFC get a wild card, even though there's three of them. It's going to be hard when you're going down 1-4, when you have this game locked up, especially against the Seahawks. I agree. I'm not... I'm just going to be... Yeah, it's, it's, it's I'm, I'm a You still have Dalvin Cook if he comes back from this groin injury somewhat soon. I think once they go to six losses, it's over. They have to they have to stop at five, and just went out. Um, and then for me, I think Alexander Madison stepped in, so I think the loss of Cook personally wasn't that 
soul crushing because I think, I think uh, Cook would have got that fourth and four rush or whatever it was. Oh, I yeah, you're right. But I, I'm just saying as a whole. Yeah, no, no. Madison's probably one of the best backup running backs in the league. He came in for 20 carries, 112 yards, and averaging 5.5 with a long of 25. I mean, that's that's numbers that I would expect from a starting running back on another team. Right, he's, like that's he has, actually that's actually above what I would expect from a starting running back. I think back. he's had like three 80 yard games. I remember the first two weeks he outran uh, Cook on half his carries. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, he's fan, he's fantastic. So I think he's going to be a, a big threat. And he's then, like a hunt to like Chubb. Yeah, but like Madison's never had his own team before. Like Hunt had. So yeah. I agree. And then, obviously, I've never had a team give me as much of a heart attack watching them as the Seahawks. They, they make sure that they make you watch every second of their game, that's for sure. Yeah, they literally just, like, play, like, I don't even understand Pete Carroll, like, his offense. Like, it's like, they play to be able to win the final drive. And if they didn't have Russell Wilson, this team, like, could just potentially, like, not even be a playoff team every year. But since they have Russell Wilson, man, it's just, like, has, like, the coldest ice in his veins. It does not care. It just literally goes down the final drive of every game and wins the game. Just, I don't know. And then, I mean, for the big thing, it's just possession-wise, the Vikings have possession of this game for the majority. Like, 85% of the game. Yeah. with four, They had 41 carries to Seattle's 16. Yeah. And then they had 39 attempts to Seattle's 32. So they beat them on attempts and carries in both of those categories. So it just... It's pretty absurd that they held the ball for that long, just to just to not kick a field goal with a minute left. Yeah, I mean, and then yeah, you also that's kind of just like, oh, we believe our defense can stop Russell Wilson, who is probably as we said earlier in the podcast that the top two in the yep. two minute. If I had to choose one person, it's him or Mahomes yep. to go into two minutes and score me a touchdown, and he did just that. Yep. Um, so now we're gonna go to the Monday night football game between the <laughs> Chargers and the Saints, and the Saints won this game thirty to twenty seven in overtime. Uh, Justin Herbert on his first Monday night game in his career uh, completed twenty out of his thirty four passes for two hundred and sixty four yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions, and was the best quarterback on the field that night. Oh, yeah. Um, he lit the Saints defense up, and Breeze like once again like kind of underwhelmed. He did hit Jerry Cook on a big deep pass for a touchdown, which is everyone says they can't throw a deep pass. So that was good to see for Drew. But uh, if uh, Keenan Allen doesn't go down with uh, back spasms after his first touchdown in the first quarter, I think this game gets really ugly really quick. And I think, uh, especially with Herbert, his first three starts, uh, 38% of the time he throws the ball, it goes to Keenan Allen. Right. So then you take it out and Let's he goes to Mike Williams. Which, what's up? Mike Williams, Mike Williams is Williams started but, up. But... Um, what's it called? He's when, no Keenan. Yeah, no. When 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 Herbert's already established the relationship with Keenan Allen, and that just gets ripped away from him, uh, it's very hard for a rookie quarterback already against on Monday night against the Saints team to kind of recover. But the Chargers did lose, so they fought a one and four. Uh, it was kind of interesting to see. Uh, Josh Kelly, even with Austin Eckler being healthy, was getting like half, like fifty percent of the snaps, and you saw Justin Jackson come in and. Uh, get 71 yards on 15 carries and average like 4.7 yards a carry to also Josh Eckler's Kelly's. injured. No, no, I'm saying like Kelly was the guy that split carries. Okay, Eckler, yeah. But when you watch this game, Justin Jackson like popped off my popped off my screen every time I got the ball. He was making a guy miss, and then you get Josh Kelly, who's been like the number two guy all year, 
had 11 carries for 29 yards, average 2.6. He literally played terrible. Yeah. Every time Kelly uh, Kelly came in, he got tag- he got tackled for like less than a gain of three, and didn't make a single man miss. And then Justin Jackson was just out here running around making plays. So I thought that was pretty interesting, especially moving forward. I would think Justin Jackson gets definitely the starting reps next week. And when Eckler comes back, I don't I don't think Kelly should be on the field. I just didn't see anything special from him. And um, they're using. Alvin Kamara almost identical to how the Panthers use CMC. Yeah. So it's just it's absurd to watch Alvin Kamara pretty much replicate it to perfection of how um, Christian McCaffrey does it, and I it's just rare to see the running back be one of the leading passing passing uh, leaders on the team. Yep. He had eight receptions for seventy four yards. The only person to best him was Emmanuel Sanders, who was twelve. He had 12 receptions for 122 yards. So uh, This game, Michael Thomas did not play because of a fighting incident in practice. He punched an altercation. A, yeah, a safety yes, in the sir. face. <laughs> yep. So, but Amanda Sanders in back-to-back weeks has uh, shown that uh, he's got this offense down, 12 receptions, 122 yards. He's really, like, coming together, which that's nice to see. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, like, he was supposed to be their number two punch with uh, – What's his face? Thomas. Yeah, with Earl Thomas. Oh, not Earl Thomas. Mike Thomas. <laughs> 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 something, something they have in, uh, in common. But uh, let's after, now they go to their bye week. Let's see if things calm down. And they come out of their bye week. They're three and two, still in first in the division. And now you have Michael Thomas coming back. Pretty much since he hasn't really done anything this year because of injury. So he had one game where he had I think three receptions for fifteen yards. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the Chargers kicker, Michael Bagley. Uh, he missed an extra point and a 50-yard field goal to win the game where he hit the upright. Uh, this uh, man literally trademarked the name Money Badger before the season started. And no one's going to call you the Money Badger if you miss an extra point and you miss a game-winning field goal. Uh, I, I think one other thing I want to say is that um, for Justin Herbert, the Chargers need to be careful because kind of the same thing with Burrow. This kid's playing way better than expected. Man got sacked. <laughs> nine times or no, eight times I'm sorry he got sacked eight times and he got hit 12 times um yeah. it's the same problem this this Herbert like Herbert and Burrow are both out here making crazy plays Burrow just threw for four touchdowns zero interceptions on Monday Night Football out outplayed Drew Brees he hasn't won a game yet but he's one and four it's not because of his fault it's because his, his defense's fault but yeah uh and Keenan Allen he's in that receiver and his running backs out and their entire defense like that, like they do have injuries, but like the team just had a rough go of it with injuries this year. But I mean, Herbert has shown that he's special. He's played way better than th- than I thought. So he's he's destroyed all expectations for him. Yeah, and, and he... the, the Chargers, we knew that they knew they had O line. That's why Philip Rivers had to leave because he had a terrible line. And then you're gonna draft this kid, what seventh overall, but then not give him any protection, like, you're going to you're gonna ruin his talent, too. So, they have to make sure that these young quarterbacks, they get them some kind of protection yeah. because you don't want their careers cut short because you didn't protect them. That's that's my takeaways on the Monday Night game. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I think the biggest thing is just Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, it, it was, obviously, this is one game. Yep. But it, I saw glimpses of Megatron. Just, just, Herbert just threw a ball up to, her, um, to Williams. It was a... I think it was a left streak. Yep. Two man, he just jumps up, goes full vertical, Over catches it, goes horizontal, and just falls back first into the ground. Just yep. put his body on the line to make the get, make the play. 
And then that's the that's the fifty yard field goal that the guy missed. That the yep. The, the, they put they put him in. Caught it on the thirty two. Yep. Yep. That's just. I mean, you can't ask more from a receiver. That's that was just absurd. Yeah, five catches, hundred and nine yards, two touchdowns. Man of the game. And then we have Tuesday night football with the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. And the Buffalo Bills got absolutely clapped on the guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Titans score uh Titans uh won this game forty two to sixteen. Um despite only practicing for two days in the last uh two weeks for the Titans, uh they just at they killed the they killed the Bills, and Josh Norman got to meet Jesus. So uh, that was interesting for him. He got, he tried to tackle Derrick Henry high and got stiff armed to like next season. I think he probably should just retire. AJ Brown burned him the whole night as well. I feel, I feel like Derrick Henry could stiff arm COVID that hard. God, <laughs> that was absurd. I mean, but not only did Josh Norman get, he literally got beat all night long by Brown. Was talking massive crap, gave up two touchdowns, and then he just gets absolutely. He got. Stiff arm, and he's still trying to get up and get in people's faces. And I mean, I think they're probably the, just laughing at him at that point. The classic term, talk shit, get hit. Yeah. I mean, this man, uh, I've never been a huge fan of Josh Norman, but I think I think it was funny to just watch him get manhandled by Derrick Henry. I, ah, I swear, Derrick Henry, he he's explosive in and of himself, but like I think his, his true talent is making defenders look like they're on his team yeah. or look like they're stupid. <laughs> Like, Earl Thomas last year, I don't know how many times I've seen that clip, and now I don't know how many times I've had to see, just scrolling through my feed, of Josh Norman getting stiff-armed into the galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's absurd. And then... I mean, on the night, uh, I think they actually contained Derek Henry pretty oh, yeah. well. They went, they chopped his knees. He had uh, uh, 19 carries. Yeah, 19 carries, 57 yards. But then again, he is just a giant battering ram, so he got him for two touchdowns. But, like, he didn't have a giant play. Like, his biggest rush was 12 yards. So, I thought they contained him pretty well. Um... Big note, Josh Allen came back down to earth. Uh, some people had him as their MVP race. I mean, right now it's pretty much just Ross and Rodgers. Yeah. Everyone else is kind of like extending himself. We talked about how Lamar and Mahomes are playing a little bit under expected. And then Allen was playing pretty damn well, but he kind of fell off this game. He had two interceptions. Uh, one was not his fault. Yeah. Uh, the other one, he threw it right to Malcolm Butler. And then Malcolm Butler literally would like not be tackled like Cole just, Weaver, like, just chased refused. him around and then the Bills defense the Bills offense just looked like they were walking off the field and he eventually kind of like Allen kind of pushed him kind of tripped up at like the five yard line um I want to talk about the the wide receiver Roberts on the yeah Andre Roberts he was the reason that kind of uh, not yeah Allen Josh Allen threw his first pick it went right off his hands right to Malcolm Butler like like two minutes into the game like second yeah. play of the game and then that led to a really quick A.J. Brown touchdown. And it was, like, the first thing to get the Titans going, and then they never slowed down. And that Roberts guy also fumbled a kickoff. It was like The game was already over, but he fumbled a kickoff. So that man had a really rough game, especially where the Bills being, like, out. Uh, John Brown could have worked his way into a starting role. They probably won't want that man anywhere in the ball for a while. Yeah. I think he's def- he definitely heard his chances of touching that yeah. ball. Uh, A.J. Brown had an amazing game coming off injury with uh, the bone bruise on his knee. He had seven receptions for 82 yards and one touchdown. So that's definitely your man. Yeah. Uh, played absolutely fantastic. He said that uh, after the game he, was, he wasn't he was expecting to play that much, but when they were missing Corey Davis and two other wide receivers due to the COVID list, and they just brought up a ton of practice squad uh, guys that they kind of just needed him to play. So he, he came into the challenge. And then also uh, Johnny Smith. Had five receptions for 40 yards and two touchdowns. Um, actually, the second one, like, Tannehill was clearly past line of scrimmage. Oh, yeah. And threw that touchdown. But 
I guess the league just did not care at all. Like, it was already over out, and they just, they literally reviewed it and said it was still a touchdown. I mean, I'm not going to really complain, but that man is showing that he's actually, like, becoming a notable tight end in this league. Um, another takeaway is uh, Ryan Tannehill just continues to, like, not make mistakes. Man, had three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Completed 21 out of 28 passes for 195 yards. Uh, and did have one ter- terrible celebration, which it looked like he almost, like, tore his ACL trying to celebrate because I guess he's kind of surprised his scoring still, being yeah. on the Dolphins for so long with Adam Gase. But um, man is just not making mistakes while he's playing quarterback, not celebrating. But I think the biggest note for this game is the Titans weren't in person together for a week and a half. And destroyed they just, the just, team. Yeah. yeah, they just made them look like a joke. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they continue to play. I think they play the Texans next week, so I kind of feel bad for the Texans. Um, one other one other takeaway for um, the Bills was uh, Devin Singletary' performance like kind of worried me. He had 11 carries for only 25 yards, and TJ Yelding, who like me and Evan have been like screaming for this man to get a shot, like yeah. finally did. <laughs> he got seven carries, 52 yards, averaged 7.4 yards a carry. He came in. On I think every third and like third and two or third and four, and man rushed for I think he got he picked up four or five third down rushes and got all five of them or all four or five of them. Um, He's going to be the third down back for weeks. So yeah, now, I he believe. played well. And the next week they have Zach Moss coming back as well. So they'll have TJ Yelding, Zach Moss, and Devin Singletary. So uh, I was really I've been really big on Devin Singletary. So I'm just kind of worried that he played pretty bad and Singlet- and TJ Yelding played really well. And then the rookie Zach Moss is coming back. So. I mean, they have a good three-down running back, so it's just going to... They'll probably just feed the hot hand, but it is something to uh, point out. Also, Diggs. Um, yeah. This game, it seemed like Allen kind of forced it to him. Uh, he targeted him 16 times for 10 receptions, 106 yards, but, like, there was times where he was straight-up triple-covered, and Allen was still throwing it to him. Like, I mean, John Brown wasn't out there, and the Roberts guy was just fumbling over himself. I guess he could have tried to get Beasley. Beasley had uh, no receptions in the first half, and then ended up with... Six, six. six receptions with six targets in the second half for 53 yards. So maybe he should have gotten him involved earlier, but uh, this game became very, very, very not even like it, it wasn't even competitive for the second half. It just got out of hand yeah. before they even could address it. Yeah. So overall, I'm not really. I think this may have been just a fluke for the Bills. Yeah. But I also think the Titans are, are a team to mess with. They're not a team to mess with. Yeah, they they looked a lot better than I thought they would. Especially like I mean, both teams so far. Like the, when the Vikings yeah. couldn't practice for COVID, they went out there and beat the Texans. I was against them because of that reason. Titans couldn't practice because of COVID. Went out here and destroyed the Bills. So I don't know. Maybe maybe this maybe that virtual. Yeah, maybe maybe just players like players know how to play the game. They can still go walk through everything. And if a team does its job in getting its players conditioned ready. And they get that week or two off of not getting hit, having their bodies 100. percent Maybe that, maybe that's bigger yeah. than not having practice. I don't, I don't know. So uh, it's definitely something to keep my eye on. If another game gets canceled, I'll was. probably go with the team. If it's close, I'll probably go with the team that has the rest because the last two times it's shown us that that's going to outweigh the other team. So yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Just, I thought I thought the Bills were going to be a team beat, and they just made them look like the Jets. I mean, it was yeah. Because now like, with the Ravens having a loss to the to the uh, Chiefs and the Chiefs having lost to the Raiders, like there has there wasn't really like the Steelers and the Titans are still undefeated, but there wasn't really like a team in the AFC that looks like oh they're untouchable. That was the Bills pretty much up yeah. to now, and now maybe now it's the Titans. So we'll have to see 
if they can continue this just domination on both sides of the ball going into next week. I agree. Yep. All right. So uh, yeah, uh, that was uh, this is Ethan Chap. And I'm Silk. And this is the Sports by Hour podcast.